Thriving in divorce and beyond means not having to worry about the safety of your children when it comes to co-parenting. With alcohol abuse on the rise, many co-parents are turning to the system committed to providing proof, protection, and peace of mind. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Pull back the curtain on the mysteries of parenting time and trust the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology to keep you informed and your kids safe and secure. To download the resource I created with Soberlink, Divorce and Addiction, A Guide to Move Forward, visit www.soberlink.com backslash Susan. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Fight for what you believe you deserve because this is your financial future. This is the largest, most likely, if you are in midlife or divorcing later in life, this is the largest financial decision you are going to make in your lifetime. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I have an episode for you, my listeners, that you have asked for. You may remember that I recently ran a poll on Instagram asking you all what you wanted to hear more of on the show, and I can tell you there was one overwhelming answer. Um, A lot of people asked for like very, very specific information, but the, the main topic that you were asking for information on is topics around getting divorced a little later in life, I'll say, or at a more mature age. I am not a huge fan of the phrase gray divorce because frankly, I have no gray hair. And I, even if I did, I wouldn't tell you I did. Um, But I would technically put myself in that more mature age. Um, And I do want to say there was a subset of questions wanting to know about dating later in that life. And so I'm going to touch on those topics today with my wonderful guest. And then I have an upcoming episode with our wonderful Bella Gandhi, America's favorite dating coach. And she and I are also going to be talking about dating um, at a more mature age. But let me tell you about my guest for today, because I'm very excited to have her on the show and for her to share her perspective with you. Because for those of you who are asking for this topic, this is the person who's been through what you want to know. You want to know about that. And that is because she herself is a mother, a divorcee, 
if we want to use, she's a person who's been divorced. <laughs> uh, she's an author and a relationship coach. And notably, you all need to go get her book. It's called Sandwiched, a memoir of holding on and letting go. And I love that letting go is in the title because I met Lori because of our other friend. You all know the unstoppable power of letting go, our delightful and lovely friend, Jill Sharer Murray, who is the queen of letting go. So I can imagine that might have brought the two of you together, and now she's brought us together. So Lori, first, let me say thank you so much for joining me and my listeners today to talk about a topic they really want to hear about. Yes. Thank you, Susan, for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation and share it with your listeners, especially since they've been asking for this. Right. You know, it's, it came together. I love when the universe provides. It came together so perfectly. I think maybe the place to start would be with your story, with what, okay. you know, what brought you to sort of this conjunction of, because yes, you got divorced at a, at a more mature age, but there was mm -hmm. a lot more going on. Oh, yes. There was a lot more going on, which probably prolonged when I made the decision to get a divorce also. So as you said, I'm a mother. I am a divorcee. I'm okay saying that. I didn't always feel good about that, but you know, I, I did the work around that. And I call myself a recovering caregiver turned author and relationship coach because I was part of the sandwich generation, hence the title of my book, for over 10 years. And I was caring for my elderly parents for 15, 14 and a half years. And I'm still, my dad just passed away in November, so I'm still unwinding and, you know, um, unraveling the estate and selling things off, very small estate, after caring for my parents and them needing care for 14 and a half years. So, uh, so I am a mother. I have four daughters. They are now all in their 20s. But when, uh, when I started this journey, my kids were, I had an identical, uh, twins that were identical at 10. I had a, my middle daughter was 13 and my oldest daughter was 15. So just when they're looking for more independence, but also that's when a lot of the challenges start. And my kids were good kids, you know, don't get me wrong. And, but that doesn't mean that they don't push the limits and, and, you know, they're exploring and developing their own sense of identity during that time. My mother fell ill, had a, heart attack when she was 75, which was the onset of her needing care and catapulted her into dementia very, very quickly. And then a year after that, my marriage began to really crumble. And, you know, hindsight's always 2020. There was definitely signs, signs of weakness in the marriage and, and, and stressors, but I kind of chalked it up at the time of, you know, we've got a busy life. My ex-husband was, you know, working full time and he had family things that he was taking care of. I was managing the kids, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when an emotional two by four hits you in the head, it's time to wake up, <laughs> which is essentially what happened. I mean, alarm bells went off for you in so many different areas. And I would imagine what you are 
talking about right here in your journey. I do think you have four children in a range of ages, you know, 10 year olds, two 10 year olds need a great deal more supervision and, and guidance in their lives. Then you have all the way up to a 15 year old, which you're right, right? They're starting to test those boundaries. So just in the average normal life, that's a lot for yes. children in those ages. Then on top of that, you had your both of your parents who needed caregiving. Mm -hmm. And you you have a sibling, but you were the caregiver for the most part. And yeah. that, you know, can also cause some stress, I think. So you have the stress of being a caregiver and perhaps the stress of uh, why am I the only caregiver? <laughs> What's going on here? Well, absolutely. And I actually have two brothers. My oldest brother had and still does have addiction issues. Right. And so he was in and out also. And my middle brother, bless his heart. I, I love him. But, you know, he has a full-time job and he had his own issues and so he really wasn't available. And that added to my resentment and anger during the time because, you know, the core, my, my book is really about navigating the sandwich generation and family. And I'm also adopted and healing some childhood trauma. But at the core of what my book is really about, it's really about my path from feeling very alone most of my life to finding belonging during this very, very tumultuous time in my life when I was, you know, managing my parents' care and managing unruly caregivers and, um, and also trying to, you know, understand some of the choices that my husband was making at the time. There wasn't um, infidelity, but there was other types of betrayal, financial betrayal. He was making unilateral decisions. And then just the basic needs of four children that you have as a mother feel this sense of responsibility for. So all of those things, I, you know, it's just like the perfect trifecta, the perfect storm. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you were very much caught up in it. And I do want to say, I apologize. I should have said a sibling who was more available to be yeah. helpful because your middle brother, or your middle brother is closer to your parents or it was right. physically closer. Right. Um, but I didn't mean to leave your older yeah, brother that's out of okay. that conversation. Trust me, I would like to leave him out. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and that's, but let's, there's that stressor, right? So the inter, uh -huh. your family of origin issues. And, mm -hmm. you know, there was also for me, I have to say, and I want, you know, I just wonder, it, it, was there because you mentioned resentment of being the one who the burden of caretaking fell on there, there was that has happened in my life in circumstances. And there's also a little twinge of resentment, because I feel like it's being put on me because I'm the woman, the female yes. in yes. the, the, and the, the nurture. Yes. Like, right. But I also work, you work, you know, I had a life, you had four children, you know, we all have these things going on, but there was almost a presumption societally within the family unit. Well, yeah. of course it's going to be you, you have a uterus, therefore you're going to help. Right. Right. And I don't work outside the home at the time. At the time I was staying home to raise my family, my girls. And so I think that that also falls on us as well. So, you know, I'm doing all this alone. 
I already feel very, you know, I feel alone in my marriage. I feel alone taking care of my parents, um, you know, and so what do you do in that in that instance when you're in this very tumultuous place feeling very alone, you know, what do you do? So that's when for me, I decided to, um, you know, especially after I got the emotional two by four from my, from my ex, I put myself into therapy. Right. And, you know, so the, so some of the things that I did to help me through that time, which, you know, maybe some of your listeners, I put myself into therapy, therapy, coaching, anything, because we need that support. We as women don't ask for support. We think we can do it all. And especially within our age range, yeah, we weren't taught. I mean, growing up, we didn't have support. We There are so many resources out there for us women now. So utilize those. I strengthened my female tribe, my, my circle of girlfriends that, you know, could help you know, just provide emotional support because my ex-husband wasn't there. I didn't have family members that were able to. Yoga was a very healing place for me because it allowed me to, you know, calm my central nervous, my, not my, my nervous system down, right? Because I would, you know, doing all these things and going, going, going. And then, you, you know, your circumstances create, you know, these thoughts in your head. And it was, it was one of my, uh, you know, sources of, of calm for me. Um, and, and also utilizing resources out there. And my issue was I was one of the first of my friends to go through this. And so I didn't have a lot of friends that had experienced this before. So I was kind of the, you know, the front man or front woman going the, through, yeah. right? You don't want to be the front runner in you this particular game, right? It, exactly. So there was a lot of me figuring this out on my own. And, you know, this all started back in 2008. So this was like pre-podcast. I mean, yes, we had the internet, you know, so I did, I, I used resources, but but it was challenging. You know, there's there's definitely more resources, more support groups. I mean, you can find support groups now on Facebook. There are some podcasts around the sandwich generation. There's not a lot, but there are some. One of the things that I really want to stress about this is that self-care. Yeah. Because when it doesn't matter whether you're in my situation where you have when you're getting hit by, you know, three, four different areas, or if it's if it's just one. It's that self-care. It's giving yourself that time and that space to, and we don't do that as women. We don't do that as a society. We're not taught, you know, to grieve that loss. I mean, because when I was in this situation, I felt like the chair got pulled out from under me. You know, I'm sitting on a four-legged chair. I've got, you know, one of the one of the legs is my husband, right? The other leg is my mother. You know, she was right. always very supportive. She came over to help with my children. She loved, she was a school teacher. She loved children. She loved my, my kids were her only grandchildren that anybody's admitting to in the family. <laughs> I love that. It's a whole nother story. A whole yeah. nother story. But you're sitting in this chair and all of a sudden two legs are pulled out from you. 
Mm-hmm. Your your spouse who's supposed to be there to be, you know, your support and your mother. What do you do? Right. And I wasn't always good at that. And so, you know, I allowed myself, I got put in therapy and my, my therapist at the time said, yeah, go on that yoga retreat for four days. I'm like, I've got permission. Boom. Done. <laughs> all you right? needed. That's all yeah. I, I just needed somebody to tell, because my ex-husband wasn't going to tell me it was okay. No. You know, he was like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do all this? It's just like, you know, it's your job. <laughs> It's, it's, your, it's what you're supposed to do. The compass is runneth over. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So self-care, and it's not going and getting your nails done and your hair. It's that emotional support that we don't allow ourselves. Allowing ourselves to grieve. Grieve yeah. the loss that my mom isn't there anymore for me. Well, and you were grieving, you know, I just want to focus in that because most people, and in fact, I have a wonderful episode I did last month with Rebecca Feingloss on grieving the divorce, grieving the loss of that relationship in the future that you thought you were going to have. Yes. You were grieving not only the end of the marriage and the future that had been sort of foretold, um, but you were grieving the, as you just said, I think it's so significant that your mother was no longer, you know, a person who had been your support system. And now not only was she not able, capable of being there to be that support for you anymore, but you had to be her support on top of being your children's support. And, you know, that's unique to this generation more so, I think, than younger. And your friends, who I'm sure wanted to be support, But there is a difference between people who have gone through the process of divorce or or any of these life experiences and people who have not. Absolutely. I I totally agree with you, you know, and it's so easy to to judge somebody else for what they're experiencing. There's no time limit on grief. I mean, I still have moments you know, whether it's Mother's Day or my mom's birthday or her death and, you know, and give yourself that permission to just, you know, cry. That's the other thing. Like I was always told, stop crying or, you know, I'll give you something to cry about. Lock up. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think your parents went to the same like cliche school my parents went to. (laughs) And that's part of therapy of like, no, it's okay to cry. It's okay to lie in your bed and be in a fetal position for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is that you need. It doesn't mean that you stay there. You know, you get yourself up, pull your big girl panties back on and then get out there, but give yourself that time to cry. Give yourself that time to feel those emotions. And it's painful. It hurts, but we need to do that. Otherwise you're not going to be able to, you're going to take that with you. And you, and the sooner we allow ourselves to feel that grief and, and work through it, the sooner we'll be able to get to the other side and, and begin to find more joy and happiness. Right. I always say, other side of of grief is joy and you just you need but you need to cycle through the grief before you can get okay. to the joy if you stick yourself in grief you're going to stay there hey listeners it's susan 
Just wanted to let you know that I have a brand new website that's dedicated to helping people grow a business and become the entrepreneur that they want to be. Um, it's called Susan Guthrie, your partner in success. And right now for anyone who is trying to build a business, I have a free book. It's called Building the Practice of Your Dreams, one month of daily tips for finding success. And you can get a free download of the book so just go to the brand new website. It's SusanEGuthrie.com, all spelled out. And you'll be able to link to the book, link to both of my podcasts and all of my other resources. So go check it out. Stay tuned for more from Lori James, author of Sandwich, a memoir of holding on and letting go as she shares lessons from her journey through a divorce that, well, difficult, was not nearly the hardest thing she had to deal with at the same time. You're going to learn so much from this episode. Life can be really beautiful after. You have to go through the storm. You have to endure the storm. But I can tell you, I am happier now than I have ever been. If you are finding this episode helpful, be sure to listen to last week's episode with Wendy Sterling, who joined me to talk about her new book, Divorce sucks, now what? As she shared her top tips to help you turbocharge your divorce recovery. You all know Wendy, she doesn't sugarcoat it, but she's the tonic for what ails you when you are staying stuck in your divorce rut. So tune in. What's on the other side is is so much potential. Having that blank canvas, oh, it's it's the best. It really is. And it's hard to see it when you're in your midlife. And it's hard to see, but I can tell you that, you know, at no time have I ever lost when I bet on myself. Not once. And now we return to today's show. Specific to divorce, and so many of my listeners are, are in that space. Mm -hmm. You know, what were some of the specific challenges to the divorce process that you feel like you mentioned you were a stay-at-home parent to four, you know, children ages 10 to 15. What were some specific challenges that the divorce process brought into your life that were, you know, compounded by the time of life that it was this was happening? So I tried to leave my marriage three times. The third time I was I finally did it. The first time uh, I, I wasn't ready. You know, it was one of those, like the cup of runneth over and I, you know, it's a small fight about something, but you're like the straw that broke the camel's back, but I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't emotionally ready yet. And so, and of course, you know, it was, I'll do anything. So you, you, you're like, okay, he's finally going to change. He's going to finally do some of the things that I'm asking him to do. Well, as we know, that happens for a little while and blah, blah, blah. The second time I still had, my twins were still in the house. My older two were out. And I remember this very clearly. Oh, I remember very clearly because my daughter was living in Chicago. My oldest daughter went to college in the Midwest. She was living in Chicago and my middle daughter and I were going out to go visit her. I was searching for what I was going to do at the time. I was searching for what I wanted to do after my kids left. Right. I wasn't one of those moms that was, and you know, if you are no judgment, like 
I was searching for more purpose. I, you know, I wasn't going to be a mom who went to yoga and played tennis or now pickleball because that's the new thing. No judgment for people. But for me, I knew I needed more. So I was looking. And at the time, that's when I was starting to write my book. And I, and I wanted to take this class and I told my ex-husband, like, I'm going to need more help with, with the twins. And, you know, so we had this blow up fight and well, you know, I want to do something whatever the fight was about. It was like, you know, his, whatever his stuff was more important than mine. So I was like, I'm done. I told my older two kids when we went to Chicago and I came home from that trip and one of my daughters was starting to have anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah. And so this, and this is really key because I was really hard on myself during this time, but it's like, sometimes we have to put our children first and my children's health, mental health was more important than me. I'm the adult. I'm going to stay and I'm going to endure this a little bit longer and maybe see if this can work out, but I have to put my kids first. And then my other, tw- uh, her twin sister then had some other health issues too. So that's a situation when you have to, you know, put others first, right? One of the mm-hmm. other times was, you know, my mom had dementia. She had dementia for 12 years. And there was a time when I was like, I wanted to, I wanted to leave. And I, I, I just couldn't because I couldn't lose my mother and my marriage in the same year. That was just going to be too great of a loss. You know, that both of losing both of those legs completely and not even be able to glue those legs back onto the chair at all. Right. Even if they <laughs> were wobbly, at least they were right? still there. Right. Yeah. I was I was super gluing them. <laughs> Anyway, it may have just actually been duct tape or rubber bands. Right. I'm not sure. Right. But, but they were still together. I get it. They were still together and they were giving me some, some support. <laughs> it might've been in my head. So that was another time, but you know, and so there are times where it's okay to give yourself permission of, I'm going to endure this a little bit longer, but, but also know that this is probably not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I knew my heart, I had to tell myself that I was going to continue to work on the marriage just in case, but I really knew in my heart of hearts you that just weren't there. my you marriage just weren't there was over, but I was really, I was willing to continue to try. So, you know, so in those situations, but that prolonged it. I mean, I was in therapy for five and a half years. Mm-hmm. It, it really took me five and a half, six years to really fight through, you know, lead, trying to leave twice. And then when I finally did, he didn't believe me the because I tried to You said this before. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So then he didn't believe me. And then when, you know, within two days I had leased an apartment and cause he said that he wanted to stay in the house. So I said, okay, I'll move out. Cause by that time my, all my kids were out of the house. Right. And then I leased in a, a place for a year. And then he was like, what? Wait, wait, is that so funny? Because that was very similar to when I left my, my, my marriage and moved out and he came home and was like, where's all your stuff? And I'm like, I moved. 
And he's like, what do you mean you moved? I'm like, I told you I was moving. But, you know, so, but I wonder, so now you're at the point and you, and you, you have moved out and you know, maybe it took him a while to catch up, but you knew that it was time to end it. Were there some surprises in the divorce process that you weren't prepared for you that was things that, that surprised you or came as a, a shock to you about separating out your lives really. And it's not just your lives, right? It's your finances and your parenting and yeah. your, uh, all of that. So, uh, so one thing I will say, I, I think the thing that surprised me because one of my biggest fears of leaving was because, you know, he had the big career he had, he sat on a board for a credit union. Like he had all these. And so a lot of our social life was around his stuff. So one of my biggest fears was, oh my God, our social life is going to collapse and, and, or my social life is going to collapse. Right. right. And, and it was the complete opposite for me because I had built this tribe of girlfriends. And so they're like, you're free. Let's do this. So, so I said yes to a lot of things, probably too much. So when we have a fear, it's typically not the reality. So that's one of the things I want to say to your listeners, but it feels very real in the moment because of the uncertainty, but the divorce, the divorce process for us, I have to say was actually a little bit easier because we had spent without giving everything away in my book, we had spent some time with a, a mediator before our marriage ended. And my saving grace was that my ex didn't want to spend a lot of money. Like he was very, very money conscious. In fact, he was very controlling with money and this is the thing that I will tell your listeners. Divorce never brings out the best in anybody. It's a very, very emotional time. But one of the decisions that I made when I went through my divorce was, and it was really hard, and I'm not saying this is easy by any means, but what I said to myself was, okay, this is no longer an emotional uh, relationship. This is now a business. I, I think what happened was that surprised me that I was able to step into that and to really stand up for what I felt was fair for me in the marriage. So I've, I found that strength. I found that courage. I dug deep and really stood strong for what I deserved instead of just like, you know, I don't care. I, you know, when I hear this from women and you probably do, I don't care. Just, I don't, I just need a little apartment and la 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 la. And it's like, no women, no. And men, you deserve half of what, you know, I live in California. It's a 50, 50 state fight for what you believe you deserve, because this is your financial future. This is the largest, most likely if you are in midlife, or divorcing later in life, this is the largest financial decision you are going to make in your lifetime. Take the time. If you're not a numbers person, hire somebody who is. Take the time to understand what your financial situation is. Make sure you know every single account you guys own. Ask for every single password. 
And, you know, because that was something that happened during our tumultuous time of one of the things that I found out that was my ex-husband worked for, he had worked for a company for a very long time and kind of moved around within different divisions of the company and climbed the corporate ladder. But I found out that at one point, at the beginning of all this, that our 401k, I wasn't the beneficiary. His father was. And I flipped a lid. Like, And that was one, you know, that was another little wake up call of like, no, let's look at all of our accounts now. This needs to be done. That's one of the things I could tell your list. That you say that, and I hope everyone just heard what you're saying. I'm going to double down on this because you made the point. When you get divorced after a long-term marriage, a long-term relationship, your marriage was 26 years, right? Yeah. It, it, it has such a significant financial impact on the rest of your life because you are, you know, your asset earning age has been invested in that relationship. Yeah. So when you get divorced, my first, I, my, my first, my only divorce, but my divorce was when I was 36. So when I got divorced, I knew I had many, many years ahead of me to go and accrue retirement funds, to build assets, et cetera. That is a different kind of divorce than a divorce that happens when you have taken most of your earning years whether you've been a stay-at-home parent and your spouse was the one doing the earning. Yes. But, and so when you divide those, those assets up, you are dividing probably the largest tranche of assets that you're going to see in your life, as you said. Exactly. And that means, I mean, and I mean this, unless you are really a financial person, and I would even argue, like they say, attorneys shouldn't represent themselves. They have a fool for a client. Mm -hmm. I don't even think if you're a financial advisor, you should be your financial advisor during divorce. Get yourself a CDFA. Yes. Get yourself somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to the finances, because things like beneficiaries on 401ks or other retirement accounts, understanding how to budget your finances yeah. post-divorce, because it's now a new world financially. Right. So, so important. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I really think that that is, is a key, um, to success to divorce then, but we're running close on time and I can't yeah. leave without asking you a little bit about beyond, right? I'm okay. all about the beyond yes. on divorce and beyond. And one of the things that my listeners asked about was what it's like to get back out into the dating world in your beyond when you're at a more mature age, I, I, I like to call it. Yes, yes. When we have more wisdom. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. With age comes wisdom, right? Wisdom. And, um, and you you had a lot of experience to give you wisdom. So yeah, thank you. And For better or worse. Life experience. Yeah. Life experience. Yes. Life ex yes. I call it the university of life. Yes. <laughs> You were a summa cum laude graduate or magna. Yeah. So thank you for asking. And it, it is, it was scary. I, I did start dating. Um, I probably dipped into the dating world a little too soon after my divorce. Um, I waited about six months. I don't recommend that for other people. I'm a relationship person. I prefer to be in a relationship. And if you are one of those people know that 
there are really great guys out there, but you have to be discerning. And what I do as a relationship coach is I do help women uh, during, uh, before, during, and after divorce or loss of a spouse. It's, you have to be patient, but you also have to really you have to work through some things. And, and and I actually have a really wonderful program that I'm uh, a course that I'm offering in May, beginning of May. So if anybody's interested, definitely reach out. But, and it, 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 these are all the wonderful things that I did is I worked through my limiting beliefs of there aren't, you know, all men our age are only interested in women 20 or 30 years younger. Okay, there's a small percentage of guys that are like that, but not everybody. I will tell you, my very first date I went on was somebody who was five years younger than me. So that was very good for the ego. Yeah. <laughs> we only had one date. We Neither of us were really in a good position, but it was really good for the ego. And, you know, like know what you value in a person. Know what you value for yourself and think about what you want to value in other people. You really think about what you're going to negotiate, what's negotiable and what's a non-negotiable, right? Like, I don't want a smoker. I don't want somebody that drinks too much, like whatever it is for you. So my course covers all these things and we cover manifesting your ideal partner. And we really dig into also attachment styles, which I love. Yeah. You know, just because I, as a coach, I've done some extra work around attachment styles and I've, that was a really a game changer for me is understanding my attachment styles. So that way I knew what to look for and what not to look for when I was out there dating. But I'll, I will tell you, I am a success story. Success story. I have with a really wonderful guy. I've been dating for about a year and a half. He's so wonderful, so kind, so attentive. And we just have fun together we just really respect each other. And he came out of a long-term marriage, 25 year marriage. And I've done it all. I've done the online dating. I've met people in person, you know, so I've, I've kind of done all of that, but um, there is somebody out there for you. I will tell you, and you do have to be discerning. You have to know what you want. You have to get really clear and I can help you with that. Uh, if you're, you know, interested in getting in another relationship, life can be really beautiful after you have to go through the storm. You have to endure the storm, but I can tell you, I am happier now than I have ever been. Thank you for saying that because that is what I always want listeners to hear. And that is almost universal. You know, I know that my life, which is a very happy and blessed life now is greatly because if I had stayed in my first marriage, I would not be living this life. And I think, you know, what I heard you saying, because I do think it's important to know what you want. One of the blessings of getting divorced and getting back out there and dating after all the, you know, university of life experience that you had is one thing I felt is I had so much more understanding of what I needed 
in a relationship, yeah. what I valued in another human being. I always say my my husband is one of the most spectacular human beings that I know. And he is full of the quiet attributes of loyalty mm-hmm. and honesty mm-hmm. and not so quiet humor. But you know, those those things I, I was I would not, those weren't the things that attracted me to my, my first husband. And I yeah. wouldn't have known right. to value them right. if I had not been through my first relationship. Exactly. And the other thing around dating in, in midlife too, is, um, you know, it, it's again, it, dating wasn't always fun for me. You know, it was more of a means to an end because I am a relationship person. And, but I did need to have those, you know, that first date of like, you know, let, let me just go have sex for the first time and with somebody who I feel safe with. Right. Right. right? And you have to like check some of those boxes off. It's okay. And this is one, one thing my therapist at the time told me, which I love. It's okay to taste all the different flavors of jelly beans in the jelly jar. Because that's how you're going to find out which one you like the most. You you know, it's a taste test, folks. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring that up when we have Bella on the show again, yeah. because I think she's going to like that analogy. So yeah. I want to make sure. So first off, everyone, do go get the book, Sandwich. You can, you can click through in the show notes and order it. Um, you can also find out more about Lori on her website, lorieejames.com. I'll have that. But please, you mentioned a program, and I want to make sure um, people know about the program that's coming up in May. And I think you have another one as well. Yeah, I, I have two that um, I'm offering. Is One is on April 19th. Um, It's going to be an hour and a half long program, which is basically just freeing yourself from your crappy dating beliefs. So if you are in the beyond moment of let's work through some of those myths and dating beliefs that we kind of touched on earlier. And then May 3rd, I'm starting a six week course, which is my signature course of all the things that I did to find a really wonderful man. And, you know, we, we go into the beliefs further attachment styles um, you know, love, we talk about love languages and manifesting your ideal partner. And we do a lot of soulful kind of homework, um, each week and really kind of dig in. So that way you have real clarity. So when your person does show up, you're confident that in who they are and that, that they're your person. Yeah, and in who you are. So thank you, you are, so yeah. much for sharing this with, you know, with my listeners. I just know, first off, the book is just a lovely read. I mean, it's, thank it's you. really, it, it goes very quickly. It's a, it's a, you wrote a lot. This is a big book, but it goes very quickly. It's a great read. I, for those listeners out there who are, contemplating this, you know, divorce in this time in life, or even just facing a lot of these other challenges. I mean, as we go and age, some things get better, some things get harder. Um, Mm -hmm. And that sandwich generation, we face a lot of those challenges. So thank you so much for joining me. And I'm going to tell everybody again, go get the book, go to lauriejames.com and you can find out more about Lori. But thank you for joining me and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.